Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Better never rest. What is up, everybody? It is the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Rusty Mansell. We are from Dogs HQ, and it's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we get to watch our last little bit of meaningful football for a long time, Rusty, for a long time. But we got a lot more to talk about than that. We got some Georgia-specific stuff we got to get to first. Georgia adds Ben Urosic from Stanford at a tight end. And um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking I may be a little higher on this move than everybody else is for some reason. I feel like it should be a much more talked about thing. But that's kind of what happens when it happens on a Friday. Uh, and then uh, we're going to get into some, kind of some of the stuff going on at the Alabama stuff, share our thoughts on – a quick coaching turnaround there for them with the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach leaving. And uh, and then we're going to get into talk, some Super Bowl Sunday talk, um, you know, some Super Bowl memories and things like that. But, Rusty, let's get to Ben Urosic. Tied in out of Stanford, over 1,300 yards the past three years. Here's how I look at it. Why did Georgia add Ben Urosic to a pretty loaded tight end room? Well, they just lost one of the best tight end, the best tight end in college football. Why not add one of the best tight ends in college football over the past three years, right? I'm glad you pronounced his name first because I would have butchered it up. I've heard it now pronounced like three different ways already uh, in the Georgia market. So uh, he's looking at the tape on him, and obviously Georgia wants to add some size to that room. I think that was kind of the message they wanted. Uh, I think they feel good with Oscar Delp and Lawson Lucky coming back. You know, Pierce Sperlin's been injured. He's got to gain some weight. So I think Georgia, you know, when you look at that, really wanted to add some size there and, uh, you know, it, for what was on the market and what was available like this, this guy was a, was a no brainer. And uh, I know they were looking at some other guys, but you know, from my understanding, this is the one that they targeted. This is one they went after. And uh, like you said, you know, when you're a 50 year player, I think he is um, graduate from Stanford. You're putting a grown man into the room. You're putting a grown man into the offense. And uh, Georgia has, has shown they can play with three tight ends and, and at times they will because that person that 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 personnel package is so hard to defend. Is this guy Brock Bowers? He's not. George is not going to have a Brock Bowers again for a long, long, long time. It doesn't mean they can't have talented players. Same way with Roquan Smith. They don't have a Roquan Smith, but they've done all right at inside linebacker. So uh, we're not going to compare him to Brock Bowers, but we're going to you know you're going to talk about some things they've done successful. Uh, with packages like that, and I think this is a, another addition that you're right, is not getting enough attention just because of the time of the year. It's a Friday night deal. You know, this guy's yeah. not in the, he's not in the recruiting scene and all that. Uh, this is one of the few ones that Hayes Fawcett didn't break, you know what I mean? And I uh, <laughs> think he wanted a Hayes uh, edit, which are, you know, that, that's that's the going thing now. Everybody loves that, and Hayes does a great job. But this is a grown man, and uh, to graduate from Stanford says a lot. You know, I believe he had right around 650 yards in 11 games 
as a uh, in 2022. Maybe it was 2021, but it was one of those 2021 or 2022. Man, if you if you extrapolate that out over 15 games, Rusty, that's that's 900 yards receiving. I mean, that's you know you 648 yards. I believe is is the exact number. That would be the best receiving season for a Georgia tight end not named Brock Bowers. Did you see Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, tweet on Friday? He said, hey, this guy had a Senior Bowl invite. Had he been healthy and wanted wow. to take it? He goes, this guy, he goes, Georgia just got a really good weapon. He goes, I've already, I already had already invited him to the Senior Bowl, but he was injured, so he's coming back to play another year. And uh, I thought that was a really good uh, – statement by somebody that watches more tape than just about anybody, especially the upperclassmen. So, uh, you know, certainly he was highly thought of around the country as one of the top tight ends in the country. And uh, I'm sure Carson Beck somewhere smiling Friday night going, oh, yeah, let's put that let's put that piece in the huddle. No doubt. And listen, I, I get it, man. Georgia's got some tight ends that folks want to see. You know, they want to see Oscar Delp get his shot. They want to see um, Lawson Lucky, you know, get after it. And, and Pierce Sperling do his thing. Jaden Riddell, they want to see all of them. But you're never going to stop Kirby Smart from wanting to win now and, and really trying to have his cake and eat it too. And he's, he's really good at it. Um, finding a way to win now and finding a way to win and, and finding a way to be for the future. Competition, dude. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that dude won't sit in every single room. That's why I think Georgia's going to add a quarterback in May. They want, you know, some experience there. They want to, you know, bring another guy into that room and certainly with tight ends and, a guy that can play right now and competition. You just—it's just hard to lock into a job at Georgia and not have somebody behind you pushing you at all times, and that's—that's that's the culture he's built. Yeah, and and one of the things I really really like about this kid, and and, and we listen, we've said it, he's not Brock Bowers, okay? But Brock Bowers did some things for Georgia offensively that made him really tough to defend, and and that's not all that he was. I mean, he 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 was the first guy since Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb that I really felt like every single time he he touched the ball, Bowers, every time he touched the ball, it really seemed like there was a chance for a touchdown to be scored. Um, so so Urosic is not that guy. But jet sweeps, quick passes, RPO stuff, he does all of that. Yeah, I saw them. I saw the reverse yesterday. He ran like 45 yards on that reverse uh, in that kind of package. So that's certainly, um, you know, he, he just – it's a no-brainer. You know what I mean? It, you, you, I don't know how much more we can say about it. Like, this, this fits. I see why Georgia wanted him, and I see why he wanted to go to Georgia. And, uh, you know, think about think about it for his, his, his point of view. You know, it's so hard to graduate from Stanford. Such an unbelievable uh, accomplishment. One of the, you know, you're talking about going and applying for a job in life. When you lay a resume on there and it says graduate from Stanford, they put you on top of the stack. Yeah. And, uh you know, for him to accomplish that academically and to play power five football, but he's about to go to Georgia and he's about to get what I would consider the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? He graduated from Stanford. He's about to get a season at Georgia between the hedges. He's about to be playing for the, you know, every, the goal here is to win a national championship, you know, to play the 15th game, 16th game, whatever it is now. And, uh, you know, this young man is, I, I know he's got to be excited. Somebody told me that Stanford is on quarters, uh, quarter system. Right. So that, so he could actually be in Athens, not enrolled in school, but actually be in Athens maybe toward the end of March. So he would get a month head start on everybody else that's coming in. And he could, uh, you know, just kind of, I, I don't know the parameters. What I, I it can't work out of the team. I don't guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't think so. 
he's going to get he's going to be able to move into Athens and at that point you, he can watch practice and do all those things to see that stuff so um I was blown away that somebody's still in the quarter system but uh, I know right I, I mean, believe Washington's guess. also on the quarter system. There's a, there's, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple on the yeah. quarter system, but it's been a while since I've heard that. I don't even know what it is, honestly. Like, I remember when my brother was going to junior oh, college back in, like, the, the late yeah. 90s. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I've never been able to wrap my head around it. All I've ever experienced is, like, a semester system. But, you know, getting in there and doing that is going to be great for him. I, I You know, I, I do think that he has a chance to be a very, very good tight end. George has got him. And, and listen, when Brock Bowers gets drafted, Palmer told me this stat the other day, and it blew me away. I think it goes all the way back to like Arthur Lynch or somebody that Georgia and may not may not go quite back that far, but it goes back a ways. Um, no, it hasn't gone back because it was Isaiah McKenzie. It was I think it's starting in 2017. Georgia has had a tight end drafted in every single draft or 2018 since up to now and Brock Bowers is going to get drafted. Urosic stays healthy in Georgia. He's going to get drafted. Then, you know, then it's all about, does anybody come out? You know, does Oscar Delp stay for his senior year, get drafted? Georgia got a little streak going there, like five or six guys in a row. And uh, I really like this kid, man. I, I I didn't know, like I was, I've been, I've been high on, on pretty much all of Georgia transfer portal additions. Um, McLeod made a lot of sense. ETN's my favorite. I think that's the biggest one. Um, Colby Young and uh, and uh, Lennon Humphreys made a lot of sense to me. Michael Jackson did not make a lot of sense to me. I do understand some of that. You want an experienced kick guy, return guy, all that stuff like that. It makes a little bit of sense, but not a ton. I like this one better than every one of them except for ETN. I think this, this edition is massive, and I, I like Oscar Delp a lot too, but when Georgia's been at their best offensively, they've had two, three – tight ends that they can really depend on. It makes them very versatile. I just – I think this cat's a, a day, you know, two pick at worst if he comes to Georgia and has a really good season. And like you said, it's a really smart move for him. He gets his degree from Stanford, and then he also gets to come and play on a big stage for a year, and there's a chance that he's going to make a lot of money playing this game, especially with how the game's going. All right, Rusty. Listen, I'm not I'm not gonna get it. Alabama's not our lane, really, but I, I thought that it's interesting. Ryan Grubb, offensive coordinator, is taking the Seattle Seahawks job uh as offensive coordinator. He's also expected to take his offensive line coach with him. There's a report out there that they waited till after the transfer portal window closed to announce all of this. Rusty, I've got no problem with it because here's the deal. And and listen, it's their cross to bear whether there's gonna be any fallout from it. Okay, I'm not talking about there's I'm not saying, oh, there won't be any fallout or there won't be any negativity on them because of this. Whatever happens, happens. What I'm saying is they just dealt with a 30 day window where I can guarantee you at least a dozen players came in and said, hey, coach, somebody's you know, I got a chance to maybe get out of here and go do this. Can I get a better NIL package more than once, like Mm -hmm. two, three, four times? Everybody's using the rules to their advantage, and I don't see that. I don't see a big problem with this personally. I just want to see what you thought. I don't really kind of get the deal where people were trying to turn that against Alabama because of it's already too late to go anywhere else. I mean, if you're going to leave, you're going to leave in you're going to leave in May, and you're you going to sit around. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you might as well go through spring practice. So you know, maybe they saved one player or something like that. But like. If that news would have broke Friday morning and those kids had 12 hours left with the portal open, somebody may have went in. 
but it wouldn't have made any sense for anybody to go in because they're already halfway through the semester or, you know, you're deep in the semester at Alabama. You're in training. You're going to start spring practice here in a month. You might as well go through spring practice uh, with this new staff, see how you like it. I mean, I would think that if there's any fallout, it would be, it'll be that April window, April 15th through May 1st. But I, I don't see where people are like, you know, we're trying to trick them because I don't know what options the Alabama kids would have had. You know what I mean? Like trying to get just, just say somebody want to go to Georgia where well, they're not getting in now, you know, that that's, that's, right. two, that's about two or three weeks past that window. So um, yeah, there might've been a school that said, Hey, you can come, but I, did they probably stretch it to the end? The, 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 I, the kind of, for me, kind of the funny thing was it broke Friday night, at like 11 o'clock. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if you, if you're Kalen Abor and you're tight with Ron Grubb, and I'm sure they are, he goes, look, man, let's just break this thing Friday night and, you know, minimal damage, you know, and, and uh, you kind of control that narrative. But as far as holding kids hostage by waiting on that decision, the only way I could think that would ever reverse on Alabama is if someone found out it was a verbal agreement 10 days ago. You know what I mean? When he first, his name first surfaced right after Mike McDonald got that job. So I don't see really, you know, the kind of the uproar because those kids had, you have really no options right there. Uh, even the Michigan kids that are in there right now with this deal and they got 30 days, even UCLA, where, where are those kids going to go? I mean, they can't go anywhere. Now what you want to watch is what's going to happen April 15th through, through May the 1st. That's going to be, that's going to tell the tale for a lot of these schools. But when you look at that thing, if you're an Alabama player, you're not going anywhere in the SEC. Uh, that that conference window is closed. So uh, it'd just be interesting to see. But I don't think there was really too much behind the scenes, other than me personally. I think it was more of a PR deal. If anything breaks Friday night at 11 p.m., that's on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. That we always laugh about that Friday afternoon dump. You know, everybody that has those. Uh, Self-reporting violations, those minor violations, they'll send that out Friday about 5, 5.30. And they know people are, are checked out for the weekend. So I, I didn't really kind of see, you know, somebody want to really turn that thing against Alabama. I just I, I just didn't see it. And listen, it, it you may be able to use it against them negatively on the recruiting trail. I don't know. But, I, I mean, I don't care if – Somebody's going to try. I can, I can promise you that now. They That's will. They will. And it's, we'll see if you can effectively use it. But, man, I tell you what, dude, all the stories you hear about players coming into coaches' offices over and over and over again. Hey, coach, I got to, you know, somebody let me know, that, you know, I, I could jump in the transfer portal. I could get this much from so-and-so. And then, you know, I mean, listen, it's 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 the Wild West out here. And the, the pendulum is way in the player's favor right now. And I got no problem with that. But with the pendulum being where it's unlimited transfer, NIL, all that stuff, with the with the pendulum being over there, I'm not going to fault anybody for using the using the rules to try and keep this thing under wraps or or, or not under wraps, but on the rails as best they possibly can because this train's moving a million miles an hour. And uh, you're right, though. I mean, maybe I think maybe that there's maybe that there's some talk that Washington maybe that some of the guys that were following DeBoer and those coaches from Washington to Alabama maybe they don't make that same choice if Grubb and the office of line coach are there. May, I don't know. But yeah, that's ultimately, that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be Kalen DeBoer's thing to figure out. Those guys can get right back into the portal real fast this April. And and Rusty, one of the things that I've thought about with that whole UCLA thing and the Michigan thing, it did happen at a later date. It did kind of prevent some guys from jumping in or whatever. 
all of a sudden, if you're Georgia, those are two programs that were pretty good this past year. One of them won the national championship. The other one had a pretty solid team, especially a solid defensive team. And you're trying to maybe add some pieces after the spring. Those are two out-of-conference teams that may have some good players come available in April. And uh, as we know, um, Georgia's almost never done when it comes to the portal or adding guys. And, um, you know, we, we know they wanted to add a Caleb Downs earlier so we know they've and they wanted to add ben urasic as well so uh we you, you've talked about quarterback we've talked about defensive line um there's a couple programs out there that have had some turnover that come april what is it, april 15th tax day whatever is that oh, what yeah. it is april 15th through may the first and it'll yeah, be tax man's coming that'll be 15 days of everybody i tell you what when when that thing hits midnight may the first Every coaching staff in America is going to exhale because it is that is a hard situation. And, and listen, it's crazy to say, but Kirby Smart, um, anybody, uh, Brian Kelly, no one kind of knows your complete roster and what you're going to deal with until May the first. So when you're when all the transactions and everything is done on, on all the waiver wires and the free agency and all that, May the first. You'll be able to look at your staff and go, okay, this is who we have for 2024 season. You know, we got summer workouts. There's no more transfers, none of that, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, when they get done with that, I talked to a head coach in Georgia, a high school coach, and we were talking about NIL stuff. And he told me last week that he had a, I'll say a Mac. It was a Mac school, I believe. A Mac school was recruiting his school and the guy was in the office and they were talking and he said they played a game on Wednesday night remember or Tuesday night during the season one of those Mac action games you know and evidently they had a pretty good game and he said he said man the next morning we had like three of our players walk in and show us DMs from schools that were watching those kids play that night and like you know I, I would assume it was schools that were like, hey, I don't know if it's a GA or what, but they were they weren't even trying to hide it. You know what I mean? And they're like, dude, they're in our kids' DMs as soon as the game's over. And man, that, I mean, that there's just so much wrong with that situation. You know what I mean? How things like that happen. But you know, now now you're like, damn, I hope I hope my quarterback don't go off on Tuesday night on ESPN because you know I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to fight to keep him. It's a wild world out there, man. It's a wild world out there. We'll see if they get it on track. Smarter people than me are going to have to do it. I do know that. Let's get to Super Bowl Sunday, man. That's where we're at. That's what's here. I do love Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I, I do enjoy watching the Super Bowl. I love NFL playoffs more than more than a lot of things. I do know that. I love it. Um, and I've had a I've had a lot of fun watching them this year. Um, Rusty, any any Super Bowl memories stand out to you? Any any specific Super Bowl Sunday? Um, I j just for don't really know. I'm not a Bills fan, but I just did like the way they've lost that that Giants game and that kick, and you know you see all the stories, and you think about going to the Super Bowl four times and the team that the Bills had and just could not find a way to win one. It's just kind of sticks in my head like, um, this is craziness. And then I'm older than you. I'm older probably than a lot of people, but. Uh, I think it was Joe Montana versus the Bengals, and he had to lead a drive to win the game, and he comes in the huddle. Uh, during the TV timeout, they got like a minute left to win the game, and said he, uh, one of the linemen said he looked around and said, hey, man, is that 
that's John Candy sitting in the first row right there. And said the whole team turned around like, the hell are you think? Why are we talking about John Candy? But he said it made everybody relax and everybody breathe. And like, you know, Joe Montana, Mr. Super Cool was like, all right, boys, you know, I'm 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 looking at the, the uh, stars in the crowd. We're we're good, you know, and little things like that. So I'm not the biggest NFL guy, but I am now because when they get into the playoffs, that's when you see the elite athleticism. How much bigger? I saw a podcast uh, social about Derrick Henry talking about the difference between college football and NFL, and you know he played in SEC, he played for Alabama, and he played in some big time games, and he said, "Man." It's no, it's unbelievable the difference in the NFL than it is on Saturdays. How much everybody is so much bigger and faster and elite. You know what I mean? So, uh, I like the X and O part. I love college football more because everything around it. You know what I mean? A game day, there's nothing like a college football atmosphere to me. It's just, it just is. But when you're talking about X's and O's, NFL, man, it is, it's, you know, I don't think people, realize number one how big they are you know i like people when they go to an nba game and if they ever get close enough they're like i can't believe there's human beings that look like that that can move like that uh it's the same way when you go to the nfl like these dudes these are the biggest dudes the one percentile athletes of the world and i can't imagine what can you imagine what they're thinking right now like can you, can you imagine being brock purdy sitting at sitting at by oh by the way they had both teams 30 miles outside of las oh, vegas they wanted no issues. None. But think about Brock Purdy and, and the, the route he has taken and the, how he got drafted, how it's kind of unfolded for him. And this dude's sitting there thinking, this is the biggest day of my life sports-wise. And, uh, you know, this is a this is one of those moments that his grandkids will talk about. You know, my granddad was quarterback for the 49ers. You know, what's going to be the result today? Yeah, it's – Man, the biggest stage, and and it's such an event, man. It's, I mean, from the, the commercials and and the halftime show and and everything that goes into it. There, there's a lot of pageantry involved in this, more so. And I said it, you know, I said it about a month ago that it was it was kind of a bummer not to cover the national championship game because there's, I've never been to a Super Bowl, but I can imagine that that, that the energy is pretty similar. Um, just in, in, in I talked, I don't cut you. I talked to our guy Matt Godwin last night. Yeah. From, from what you know, he's there. He's there with Will's up. And he said that they've never had anything like this. Like they've never had this many amount of celebrities and um, and uh, planes trying to get people to and from. He said yesterday at one point, I guess I'm not confidential. He had, they had like Shaq, uh, CEO of Hard Rock, uh, everybody on back to back to back planes trying to get in uh, yesterday. So crazy. Uh, we need to get him on in a couple of weeks. Let ask him talk talk about this experience. He said, yeah. It's, most unbelievable thing that even the people that own wills up and have done this for years that have never seen anything like this. Everybody's trying to go to Vegas. Truly something, truly like running like shuttles, like, you know, like shuttles from other cities and stuff. They had to park, they had to park some in LA. There's no, there's no places to park the jets. So they're parking planes in LA and they're shuttling people to Vegas. Because and we ain't talking about over. Delta here. We're talking about private jets. We're talking private. about big money takes a ton private. of money. Get, I mean, all the money being spent in Vegas is I, I, I would love to know. I would love it. And I'm sure there'll be something out that, that kind of, you know, recaps what the action Vegas saw because of this game being there. My favorite Super Bowl memory, though, is is Super Bowl 32 Broncos Packers. Um, obviously, I, I mean, listen, not 
I'd watched the Broncos all year long. I had been for a couple, two or three years, been a big Terrell Davis fan, John Elway fan. And um, I'd begged my mom and dad. I was like, you know, we we were we had Sunday night service. And I begged my mom, I was like, hey, let's don't go. Let me watch Super Bowl. Please let no, couldn't do it. So we went and did youth group before before service that night and everything. And we sit down, and right as the pastor's getting started, I'm sitting on the back row closest to the door so we can get out of there and get out all of a sudden i look around i can't see my mom and dad i don't know where they're at my dad sticks his head through that back door he goes hey come on so we slip out go get home just in time for kickoff watch the watch the broncos upset the packers in that super bowl dude i was so worried i was like man we, we're not gonna be able to run the ball gilbert brown number 93 oh, that, there was like two things identifiable from space it was the great wall of china and gilbert brown and uh, they found a way. Uh, Terrell Davis had a big game, uh, scored a touchdown that he I don't either he couldn't see or he couldn't remember one or the other because of the migraines. Um, and then the next one, the next one was a little bit heartbreaking though because it was it was Broncos Falcons, and I obviously I'd been rooting for the Falcons all the way through the playoffs. I wanted to see Falcons Broncos in the Super Bowl, and then when it got there, I was kind of like, man, this doesn't feel right because I watched it with a bunch of Falcons fans, and Eugene Robinson had his deal the night before the game, and. Um, and then, then Shannon Sharp gets hurt early in that game, tears his ACL. Um, so that one kind of sucked. But And then another thing I'll point to, too, and Rusty, you can identify with this kind of thing. I remember bumping into Harrison Bucker. I think it was my very first Rise of Seniors game. And he's a kicker and everything. I get it. But, man, he was he was a child. He was a child. He was 16 years old at the time. Yeah. You yeah. know, a child. And this cat's fitting to have a chance to win his third Super Bowl. Um I just unbelievable kind of nicest kid ever. You know, I wanted to ask him what he was doing there until somebody told me who he was and what he did. And then it made sense. But third Super Bowl for a guy like that. I'm just, just, just crazy to kind of have. And I'm sure there were some other guys there that I'm not, that I don't Miko, remember that are probably Miko. playing in this game. Miko. Miko yeah. Miko, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. watching Miko as a freshman. I talk about it all the time. I think he fumbled six or seven times his first high school game against mm-hmm. Buford in the Granite Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. It rained about six inches in 20 minutes, seemed like. And uh, he fumbled several times in that game, and, and they lost a close one. But, yeah, man, just so many of those guys covering him in high school and, and watching out Charlie Warner, um, all that stuff. I mean, it's it's amazing to see them have a chance to be on that stage, that's for sure. Yeah, Chris Conley. I mean, yeah. crazy. I can't imagine what those guys are going through. We'll get to tell one question there. Jason Hildreth, I believe, announced that. Anyone know anything about the PWO tight end Jordan White out of Carrollton? Um, Jake Roos wrote a good piece on that on, uh, I believe, Friday or Saturday, Friday, I believe. And I uh, got some quotes from his head coach, Joey King. And one interesting thing, uh, I came down to watch Carrollton practice during the, during the season. And Joey, who's the head coach at Carrollton, who was a former – tight end coach at South Florida. He was at Coastal Carolina. Then he went to South Florida and went back to high school after a while. But, um, you know, he was like, Rusty, this guy, this guy's lost in the shuffle, man. The portal's killing him. He's six, three and a half, six, four. Uh, he had offers like Western Kentucky, UTC, uh, Georgia Southern. So that's the thing you see now. Some of these kids are like, I'm going to roll the dice. So kind of tuck that one away. And, uh, you know, social media wise, Never seen him really do this, but but Julian Lewis, Juju Lewis's dad made a post on his social media said this kid's going to play in the NFL. You mark it down right now. This kid's going to play in the NFL, and 
And uh, that, that that speaks a lot because if anybody knows anybody has seen anybody seen anybody run routes, it'd be the, the quarterback's dad. You know, he yeah, knows sure. he knows who his son could count on. And and uh, Todd Hartley got involved there about about mid December, and they started actively recruiting him and said, "Hey, you know, we're not going to have a spot, but we're making PWO." And you know, you look at those things, you only get so many of those, and then you start talking about the state of Georgia. You know, you get the hope, and, and he had good good grades. You know, those things wind up being about sixty percent, sixty five percent scholarship. It's not like he's just uh, just you know some old. This ain't nineteen ninety two walk ons. You know what I mean? You only get ten of these per class, and. And uh, so I, I thought that was a that's a good question, Jason. Glad you brought that up and want to speak on him because uh, I have seen him a couple times in person. And uh, you know, the people that I, that I kind of trust with evals, they're like, "Look, dude, this this guy got lost in the shuffle a little bit." Hey, always trying to get better. Uh, Georgia's added three three or four guys here in the last little bit. Most of them in preferred walk ons and add the tight end Hunter Urasic. I mean, a uh, Hunter uh, Ben Urasic. I'm thinking of the the uh, AD at Arkansas. Uh, but yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Listen, y'all, y'all get back to your smokers, get back to your to your rotel dip or whatever you're making. Have fun, enjoy the game. We'll be back with you, no bark after dark tomorrow night because uh, we we're off for the rest of the month on that. But we'll be back with you here on the Georgia Show Tuesday and Thursday morning, and uh, have a good time. See you later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.